Welcome to the Westside Investors Network, WIN, your community of investing knowledge for growth. This is the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast for real estate professionals by real estate professionals. This show is focused on the next step in your career, investing. Thank you for listening. And please, if you like our content, rate us on your podcast provider. And now your hosts, AJ and Chris Shepard. Welcome back to the Westside Investors Network podcast. I have a very special guest for you today. This is my brother, AJ, co-host as well. AJ, I am very excited to dig deep. Yeah, I'll dig real deep, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> really dive into your background and kind of how you got started in real estate. So sure. give us a little bit of your background and let us know how you got started. Sure, sure. As you know, I went to college at University of Washington up in Seattle graduated with mechanical engineering degree up there. Kind of towards the end of the, while I was getting that mechanical engineering degree, did a co-op program, got to work for a construction company doing kind of like takeoffs and then ultimately going into their like industrial division. So kind of just got really used to construction and how that process worked towards the end of college and after college and really made my way down to Portland after that, which was pretty cool and bought my first house at, I want to say 23, 24, which was a mammoth of a house. It was about 3,600 square feet. And that was our dad's house, right? It was, <laughs> it was, it was a, it, it was a house that was as old as I am. Well, he built it before you were born. He did. It's, it's <laughs> one year older than I am for sure. Yeah. That was on Southwest fifth Avenue in Southwest Portland. Yeah. When I got it, it had a ton wrong with it. I had to pretty much gut the whole thing. <laughs> Don't throw dad under the bus. He <laughs> built that house. <laughs> everything, was 20, everything was at least 20 years old. So. <laughs> All right. So after working for industrial construction contractors, I know you started out on roofs. Then you eventually worked your way up to being a project manager and you had jobs in Gold Mountain, Nevada, yep, working around, on the gold mine. Around Mountain, and, Nevada. I okay, had about around, 50, 50 guys working for me on that project. I think it was like a, almost a $20 million project. So that was pretty cool. And then you went and did a trash plant in Oakland. Yeah. Worked for Schnitzer Steel on their sorting program, sorting plant. So it, we took, uh, they'd crush a car and then it would come through this process line and we installed the infrastructure and the equipment such that it would sort out all the rubber pieces, the metal pieces, the different types of metal, copper, aluminum, steel, sorted by volume, just all sorts of fun stuff so they could automate it instead of having people just on there picking stuff off. And then you, your last project was in Dubai. It was. It was a recycle plant. It was probably not the most fun project, thinking about it. We worked nights. We worked 16-hour days. We're 12 to 16 hour days and seven days a week. I did have a couple days off, but I pretty much had to set up like a whole new business over there. I had to get a bank account, had to do all sorts of stuff. So it was almost like a little new business over there for the company, which was kind of cool and interesting. Yeah. So you came into real estate with a ton of construction background. How did that help you in the beginning? Well, it was pretty awesome having the resources of some of the employees. I remember we would, we would have a project and we would be using the guys from the, the company kind of as side work. 
either on the weekends or at nights or whatnot. It's all about that side hustle. It is about the side hustle. But I mean, Chris and I would do a lot of work ourselves too. All the management, obviously. But then I remember, you know, a couple of our first places, we were in there doing demos, swinging hammers. Like yeah. that's, that's really where we, we started out. So why don't you tell us about that first project on 11551 Southwest 64th? Yeah. Avenue. Chris came to town and we started partnering. This was the first property that we, we did together. It was a little, I don't know, 1300 square feet, maybe 1200 square feet house. We looked at it and it was like a three bedroom, one bath. And we're like, man, that utility room is absolutely just incredibly large and a waste of space. Like nobody really needs a utility room that large. And so we're like, I bet you we could get a bathroom in there. So we kind of drew it out on paper and then we got all the permits necessary to add a bathroom to it. We were literally going to redo all the floors and we start lifting stuff up and we have to get in there with crowbars and everything to get all the floors up. And I remember, I think I've got a picture of Chris like in a beanie and really working that crowbar. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Just demoing the floors. That was that a fun was back, project. Backbreaking work yeah. for sure. But we didn't add any square footage to it, but it was our first project. You know, later on, I think we found out that adding square footage really increased the value. But we bought this property, I think, for about $130,000. took about $15,000 to add the bathroom, kind of redo everything else. I don't think we really touched the kitchen, but we did all the floors and kind of just cleaned it up. And we, we still have it today, and it rents out, I think, 1500 bucks a month or so. I think it's 1600 right now. So, But it was, a, it was a great stepping stone. We were able to refinance that property. So I think we, had, we put 130 and then 15 into it. And the appraisal came out at 195. So we were able to get about 140, almost, almost all of our money back. I think we had about a $5,000 down payment into it or so, which kind of just like that light bulb went off in our heads of like, oh man, we have like next to nothing into this and we get to, we get to go take our money and go do this again. This sounds great. <laughs> yeah. So they now have a term for that, yeah. BRR, but buy, method. rent, rehab, and then refinance. And repeat. Yep. And that was kind of the beginning of it all. That was truly a light bulb moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, being able to complete that value add project. Okay. So what other highlights kind of have happened along the way? I mean, that first project was pretty monumental. We were yeah. super excited. Well, and I think... Working with a guy from Guild Mortgage, he really kind of taught us the way on what liens were, what how to like work our way around financing, and you know just working with that first person, not knowing exactly what to do. He was really instrumental in, in helping us out. The other person is obviously hugely instrumental in helping us out is our dad. I mean, our, our dad had done this for a long, long time. We, we just had him as the first episode on our podcast. So definitely listen to that and hear more about him. But he was a big proponent of us getting into real estate and also making sure that we knew what we were doing. I think throughout that whole time, like Chris and I have always gone back to our dad and anytime we've been having kind of a perplexing situation or even just like general advice, like being able to go to him has been extremely helpful. So Eventually, after those first couple projects, we decided to open up a business. Do you want to describe that, that moment in time? Yeah. I mean, I think it was like around 2010, 2011. 
we had acquired enough enough property that we're like, you know what, this is actually becoming a job. There was an opportunity to we thought to gain some more income from it. You know, we we had struggled to find some financing. You know, when I was working in a construction company, I had a strong W two, super easy for financing. When I stopped working that W two, financing got significantly harder. So we were searching for some ways to garner some income to continue to buy real estate. Um, so we were we were able to open up our services for property management and then construction in the beginning, which was ultimately has led to be a huge help in the formation of our business. Yeah, I think that there is probably a whole podcast episode on creative financing and just ways that AJ and I got loans in the early days yeah. without a W-2. So we opened up that property management company. We got our real estate license. We got our construction CCB license. From that point, you know, that was about nine years ago. What do you think the most significant thing for, you know, our partnership has been since then? Most significant thing, you know, probably the advent of having employees where we weren't just doing all the work ourselves. I think that really allowed us to free up and just do more. And it, it really was a snowball effect. That was only about four years ago, right? Yeah, that's about four or five years ago, I guess. We also joined NARPUM at the time. That is true. Yes. And that was a very influential in, in helping us grow our property management business. They provided wonderful education, stuff that like we had been looking for. I also want to say that like we started reading and like really researching the business at that time. Like I think in the first aspect, we were kind of like, we're managing our own properties. And if someone wants to use us as a property manager, that's great. That'll be good. But I think we really, there was kind of like that inflection point in 2014, 2015, where we're like, you know what, we're professionals. We should make ourselves a really professional company. And that was really kind of what propelled, I think what propelled us too. I think there's a, a lot of, a lot of things that went into it, but certainly those are a few that stand out. Awesome. Well, if you had one piece of advice to give to your 25 year old self, what would it be? Hire employees quicker. <laughs> like, learn how to get people to do work for you and with you, either through partnership or paying them or anything else like the ability to leverage their time and allow you to have more time to do, you know, higher level things is I would say probably one of the, the things that I would say to my 25 year old self and 25 year old Chris self too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What was your first entrepreneurial endeavor? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure we sold lemonade on the street street sides, but that's not really like the big one. I want to say the big one. I had a girlfriend in high school and we we're like, how can we get to Europe? We took a job and that wasn't very entrepreneurial, but our, our golf coach in high school typically ran a ski trip. And my senior year, he didn't want to run the ski trip anymore. And I was like, well, I love the ski trip. I'll go ahead and take this over for you. So I started pricing everything out and I came to the realization that, you know what, he made a fair amount of money off this ski trip. It wasn't that much work. So I put together everything. I think I ended up making like, I want to say two, 2,000 bucks, 3,000 bucks. And 
high school. And at that time, that was a fair amount of money for a high schooler. That was probably more money than I made working an hourly job. And I had way more fun doing it. And the funny part is, is I got the golf coach to be one of the chaperones on the ski trip. So he got to come along for free and not even have to pay anything or do any of the, the stuff. And he absolutely enjoyed it too. So that trip filled up. I tried to run a second trip and I think we ran into like some blizzard or something. So I had to cancel and give everybody's money back. But nonetheless, it was a great time. Absolutely had a blast. You came on that trip too, didn't you? I did. That was, <laughs> that was crazy times. I think I was a freshman and... I don't, I don't know if they had anyone doing those trips after me. I'm sure, I'm sure they probably no, did. No, no, no. <laughs> I think that that was promptly banned after <laughs> all the stories came out. Yeah, well, it was, it was a good time for sure. And very entrepreneurial, I want to say. Indeed. Okay. How has your formal and informal training shaped your journey? I feel like I've got a lot of formal training, you know, a master's in engineering systems management from Texas A&M, a mechanical engineering degree from University of Washington. Those have been helpful in informal training. You know, I've, we've read a bunch of books. I want to say my informal training has mostly come from our dad. Like I just remember growing up and him running the numbers on something and really saying like, and this is how you make 120% on your money in real estate through his lease options to buy. <laughs> so ah, the lease option. Yeah. And you know, I just, I really think that having that kind of mentorship really helped, helped out with everything. Yeah. So the one thing that I will say, like, I think Chris and I have, and I don't know where we got this training, but we've never been good at hearing no. Like whenever someone says, well, you can't do that, it's not like an answer that we just accept very easily. And I don't know if it came through college or if it came from our parents or like where it came from. But whenever someone says no, our immediate question is like, well, if you can't do that, how can we do something very similar to it? And our propensity and ability to just essentially not take no for an answer. And just knowing that there is a way to get it done because someone else has gotten it done beforehand. I think that informal training has been super beneficial to us. In some other places I've heard it's grit. I've heard it's just the ability to focus and like get things done. But that training, I'm not entirely sure where it came from, but I believe it's, it's really good. Yeah. Okay. And what was your Moby Dick of real estate? The oh. deal that got away. I was trying to think of this earlier and I don't know that I have like a lot that got away or even like one really big one. Most recently we had a 40 unit over off Twilliger that we kind of got snaked out of, which I, I really didn't enjoy that very much. So I will say that that was one that got away. Ultimately we were, we were working with another broker and we put in an offer for a certain amount and then, they were like, oh, okay. And then they pretty much came in and bought it for the same amount. So. Well, what exactly happened on that particular deal was we called the listing broker and asked if there were any offers. He said no. And then we made an, a full price offer. And then he's like, oh, we have four offers. <laughs> and then it sold for less than what our offer was. Yeah. So that was one that got away. There was another one that got away when I was buying my first house. It was a 
duplex over off Franklin in Southeast. And, you know, it just, it was kind of as the real estate market was like really heading up and, you know, I kept getting outbid in places. So I don't know. Other than that, like, I don't feel too remorseful about any of the ones that have gotten away. Well, AJ, it was a pleasure. All right. Well, thank you. And I look forward to your roasting of me. (laughs) Soon. Soon. Absolutely. Thank Uh, you, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast on WIN, your community for investing knowledge for growth. Please take a second to rate us so that we can get more great investors to interview. If you or someone you know wants to be on, please go to westsideinvestors.com and fill out our form.